Um, so the postpartum phase is looked at as one of the three golden opportunities, we call them in Chinese medicine, in a woman's life, where it's a really crucial time that they can either choose to really improve their health or risk harming their health, depending on how they care for themselves at that time. So the sitting month is basically kind of what it sounds like. It's that the woman should not be doing much of anything other than caring for and feeding her baby. In Chinese medicine, childbirth results in a loss of a lot of the vital substances. Um, we, one of them we call Jing or essence, kind of like your genetic material, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, and then also loss of blood um, and also yin and qi, which yin you could look at as like fluids. Um, and then qi is sort of like your vital energy circulation, that kind of thing. And so this will impact a different energetic organs. Hi, I'm Leslie Abraham, a pre- and postnatal expert, DO, and exercise specialist with over 11 years of international experience. I am now the founder of Bonjour Baby, a birth prep and postpartum recovery online program. I help new moms just like you preparing for birth and recover after so that you can be ready for the biggest day of your life, push with confidence and feel like you're all self again in your new mom's body. So if you have questions on how to stay healthy during your pregnancy, prepping your body for birth, preventing diastasis recti or the best way to support your postpartum recovery, this podcast is for you. I created this show to give you simple and scientifically proven tips and insights on pregnancy, birth prep, recovery and motherhood, and give you the answers and knowledge you deserve. So if you are currently pregnant, a brand new mom, or a mom of four already, looking for feeling better in your body and more confident in your mom life, you are at the right place. So tune in, grab your favorite cup of tea, settle comfortably, and let's get this episode started. Welcome back to the Bonjour Baby podcast and to episode 70. Today, Holly Lever, a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist and the owner of Rosebud Wellness, is coming to the show. We will be talking about how acupuncture and herbs can play a huge role in your postpartum recovery, but also about abdominal massage and how to promote a healthy cycle when you get your periods back. Holly practices women's holistic health as a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, as I said, but also as a yoni steamed therapist and Arvigo abdominal massage therapist. Holly became interested in working with women's health and after learning how much could be revealed about a woman's overall health by looking at the parameters of the menstrual cycle. She has continued to study a variety of techniques in order to offer women at all stages of life, from menarche to menopause, the care they deserve. She is especially passionate about working with women in the perinatal time, prenatal, birth, and postpartum. Holly hosts a weekly podcast called Womb Wisdom about women's holistic health practices and birth stories. She's also a mama to an almost two-year-old daughter, her greatest teacher yet. In this episode, Holly and I talked about how acupuncture can help alleviate so many pains, discomforts, and symptoms 
right after giving birth and during the postpartum period. Abdominal massage, how is it performed? What can it help with? When can you start getting them after giving birth? How it helps with painful period, fertility support, and way more. And finally, how to promote a healthy return of your periods, postpartum, and decrease any PMS symptoms, cramps, pains, heavy flow, etc. But before we dive in, have you shared the Bonjour Baby podcast with any other moms yet? You know, like your mom's friends or the ladies in your mom Facebook group or in your baby and me meeting group. I would be extremely grateful if you could just take a minute of your time and share this episode with someone that you know and who will find it valuable to their very own journey. Again, I would be so grateful. All you have to do is go to the app or podcast listening platform you're currently using, click on the share button icon and send it on over. Thank you so much in advance. And if you want even more support, more free tips, training, recovery exercise, and nutrition advice, you can join my free Facebook group, Natural Diastasis Recti and Postpartum Healing, the Bonjour Baby Club. You will find a library of past training, and I hold weekly free recovery sessions in that group. It's only one click away, and you will finally get the information you have been looking for so long from a trusted perinatal expert. You can find the link to do so in the show notes of this episode. If you are listening to this podcast and also speak French, now that starting from now, I am also offering a free Facebook group with content only in French. Perfect for you if you prefer to consume content in your native language. Find the link in bio to join the fun in French. All right, let's dive into our episode with Holly Lever. Hi Holly, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you come here today and talk to us about how Eastern medicine can help in the postpartum period. But before we dive into this episode, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, so my name is Holly Lever and I'm a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, yoni steam therapist, and Arvigo abdominal massage therapist. And my practice is called Rosebud Wellness and I'm in the Los Angeles area. And I'm also the host of the Womb Wisdom podcast. I'm a new mama. My daughter is 22 months old and I, I work in women's health in particular Um, I became interested in that during acupuncture school when I learned how much can be uh, discovered in observing the parameters of a woman's menstrual cycle. And then that led me into becoming interested in working with fertility, with pregnant clients, and then uh, especially the postpartum phase as well. Yeah, of course, everything is very fascinating, that's for sure. So as we said in the introduction, you are an acupuncturist. So, and many moms don't know that acupuncture can help them so much during pregnancy, but also during the postpartum journey. So can you talk about how you can help women at this period of time in their health journey and, and what symptoms can acupuncture help with? Yeah. So, um, in reviewing the notes for the episode, I was so overwhelmed by, um, all of the things that I could potentially <laughs> share about. Um, so I'll try to be concise, um, and also try not to leave anything out. Um, but yeah, acupuncture can be used, like I said, for fertility during pregnancy. Um, it can assist with birth and labor, 
um, but we'll focus today on the postpartum period. Um, so acupuncture is part of Chinese medicine, which also includes moxibustion, cupping, gua sha, and Chinese herbal medicine. Um, so I'll talk kind of, it's kind of impossible to talk about acupuncture without talking a little bit about the, the theory behind it. Of course. Um, so, and yeah, there is a lot of emphasis, even amongst my colleagues in fertility and like trying to get women pregnant and helping women through their pregnancy. Um, but it is kind of the postpartum period is kind of overlooked. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because it's a little bit hard. And as a new mom myself, I understand it's a little bit hard to uh, prioritize going in for treatments after you have had a baby and are kind of prioritizing your relationship with them. Um, but it is a really important time to take really good care of yourself. So I'll share some about acupuncture and then also kind of the perspective and how it could assist women with maybe not specifically going for an acupuncture treatment, um, but how they can apply some of the perspectives. Um, so the postpartum phase is looked at as one of the three golden opportunities, we call them in Chinese medicine, in a woman's life where it's a really crucial time that they can either choose to really improve their health or risk harming their health, depending on how they care for themselves at that time. So one of them is menarche when you get your first period. The second one is postpartum, which is also referred to as the sitting month. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about what that means in a second. Um, and then the perimenopausal phase. So we're not going to talk about the other two, but just to say that it's considered a really, really important time uh, for women to build up their health um, or risk harming it. So the sitting month is basically kind of what it sounds like. It's that the woman should not be doing much of anything other than caring for and feeding her baby. Um, so they would have somebody else ideally to cook and clean for them. We know in this culture, that's not always guaranteed, mm -hmm. but just so that women are aware that is a part of the Chinese medicine perspective. It's not like, oh, you'll just get some needles and everything <laughs> will be fine. It is sort of this like whole picture of of also caring for themselves and, and resting. Um, so in Chinese medicine, childbirth results in a loss of a lot of the vital substances. Um, we, one of them we call Jing or essence, which is kind of hard to translate into like what that would mean, but it's kind of like your genetic um, like material, I guess, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, and then also loss of blood, which is very obvious that there's blood loss in whatever kind of birth that you have. Um, and also yin and qi, which yin you could look at as like fluids. Um, and then qi is sort of like your vital energy mm -hmm. circulation, that kind of thing. Um, so any kind of childbirth, even if it is like a really textbook kind of straightforward physiological birth, um, does re result in a deficiency of some kind. And so women are having to build themselves up in any, uh, in any kind of birth. Um, and then that ultimately can lead to blood stasis or blood stagnation or chi stagnation, which I hope that I'm not like using terms that are kind of confusing, but it's basically just like us stuckness and energy's not moving um, yeah. and blood's not flowing smoothly. Um, and so this will impact a different energetic organs. So the, the meridians over the body are named the same as some anatomical organs, but they're not, there is some overlap in their functions, but they, it's not like if I say 
there's chi stagnation in your liver, I'm saying you need to do a liver cleanse or something like that. Mm. Um, so that can sometimes be confusing for people. Um, but ultimately, this this overall deficiency and potential for that to lead to stagnation will impact different organ systems or meridians based on whatever's underlying um, in that specific woman. Yeah. So then the symptoms that we'll talk about will come from whatever sort of organ system or meridian system might have a weakness or a stuckness tendency anyways. And then the childbirth and all the loss um, of fluids and blood and things like that will um, then kind of exacerbate those, those mm-hmm. issues. Um, so yeah, we work with acupuncture, Chinese herbs, and then food is also really important mm-hmm. in the Chinese medicine perspective. And this is kind of across the board in all holistic medicine perspectives, yeah. but um, particularly eating warm and easy to digest digest foods um, with warming spices like ginger or cinnamon. Um, So like soups and teas and things like that um, are really important. And so ultimately we're looking to nourish the blood, invigorate and move the blood and to eliminate stasis. And all of that will help with um, symptoms. So I've kind of just like laid the the groundwork here. Um, So ultimately we are, we, So someone comes in with a symptom, for example, and then we're looking at the entire body. So we're looking at tongue, pulse. Some people do an abdominal diagnosis. Um, All of the symptoms in the entire body that women are experiencing. Um, And then we get sort of like an overall pattern of what's underlying their main symptom potentially. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody had headaches, um, I'm not necessarily doing the same points or the same sort of treatment from person to person, even though their main system symptom that they're wanting to work on is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then we select points based on that pattern and the overall uh, diagnosis of what's going on. And we either tonify or build up those points or we are trying to create circulation um, Mm -hmm. and movement away from those points. So that's kind of what we're doing overall with acupuncture. Um, So to talk about some of the symptoms, uh, so there's definitely a lot of emotional symptoms Mm -hmm. that can come up around the postpartum time, speaking from experience. (laughs) Um, It's a really overwhelming, stressful, experience. And so for, for, and that varies depending on what the birth looked like, what your health was like before the birth. Um, but so for postpartum depression, anxiety, fatigue, insomnia. So all of these can crop up from the chi and blood deficiency that I was talking about before, particularly in this case, we would be talking about the heart meridian. So like I said, this isn't necessarily the anatomical heart, but a lot of emotional symptoms are related to the heart and the liver meridians. So we would be working to um, build up that organ system and then also clear any stagnation from that system. It can also help with shock or trauma. So birth, I I mean, I don't want to say it's, it's always traumatic, but it's a very intense experience that sometimes if it's not fully integrated into the woman's system, 
can sort of just linger there with this underlying anxiety or depression, depending on what her tendency is. Um, it can also help with abdominal pain or if there's been retention of the lochia, uh, which the lochia, probably your listeners already know this, but just to make sure, um, is just the blood and tissue that's that's clearing after the birth that that's why you bleed after for, you know, depending on the woman for four mm -hmm. to six weeks. Um, so you really want to make sure that all of that is completely cleared out and both with acupuncture and then the other technique that we'll talk about in a bit, that is one of the main functions is that it's trying to efficiently clear that out completely. So there isn't any lingering stag stagnation um, that then would potentially, um, yeah, create pain in the future. Um, yeah. So, and then also Chinese herbs are really helpful for that to make sure everything's cleared out to reduce pain. It can also help with urinary issues. A lot of women experience incontinence mm -hmm. um, in the postpartum phase. I'm just, my headphone has just died. So <laughs> um, can you still hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, great. So, um, yeah, so incontinence, especially if somebody had a really long labor or really long pushing phase. And there is a certain element of being still open and vulnerable in that time anyways, which is normal. And that's part of why it's the best thing that you can do is just really rest and lay down and spend time with your baby which I know is really hard in this mm -hmm. culture of always doing and being productive. Um, but yeah, acupuncture can also help with that to uh, build up the kidney meridian um, organ system so that um, there isn't any difficulty or frequent or incontinent urination after the birth. It can also help with constipation, which a lot of women can feel afraid to have a uh, bowel movement after they've yeah. given birth, especially because the sensation of childbirth can kind of feel like you need to have a bowel movement. Mm -hmm. So then revisiting that kind of feels like a, like, oh my gosh, this is labor again. <laughs> and then everything in your pelvic area is just inflamed and kind of sensitive. So it, it can be a little challenging to have that first bowel movement. Um, and so if there's fear um, around that, it can also help to facilitate just a smoother, efficient evacuation of that bowel movement so that um, it's as, as smooth as possible and, and as comfortable as possible. And also related to that, uh, it can also help with hemorrhoids. So mm -hmm. if women have had a really long pushing phase, or especially if somebody's been uh, pushing on their back or had an epidural um, and then the, the pushing phase wasn't as effective as it could be, then sometimes women have hemorrhoids. And then this could also be related to if they've had constipation, they're having to push really hard. If the stool has gotten dry, then they might also find that they end up with hemorrhoids. Um, and ultimately they're from congestion in the pelvic veins. So getting circulation into that area can help with hemorrhoids. Um, there's some herbal, Chinese herbal formulas that can help with that also. And then uh, breastfeeding, acupuncture can be really useful. And there's usually um, maybe three different reasons that if women are having an issue with lactation. Um, and this is not based on like 
you know, potentially you would have to work with a lactation consultant if there was a some sort of issue with a tongue or lip tie, mm-hmm. or if there was a position issue, but this is purely physiological that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Um, so because of the blood loss, the, the blood and milk have the same source in the body. So if you've lost a lot of blood and you're really depleted, then your body isn't able to produce milk as efficiently. Mm -hmm. And so using, this would be especially with foods and herbal medicine to build up that blood and chi also that's been lost, um, that then you would be able to produce more milk. And then the other would be a chi deficiency which would then lead to stagnation. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. have potentially as much energy to promote the circulation that's needed for um, releasing the breast milk, Mm -hmm. essentially. So, and then there's also stress involved that can then, like I was talking about before, the liver meridian is very associated with emotions and stress. um, So, and that can lead to stagnation. So even if the milk is there and there is enough energy, it can also kind of get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And then that brings me to the last thing that I'll share about before I I see if if there's any questions that you have um, is mastitis, which I have unfortunately had personal experience with. Um, But acupuncture can be really useful in clearing that out, clearing the heat and inflammation and reducing the pain. And yeah, especially if, and actually I did not get mastitis until my daughter was older. And I think it's because she can go longer between nursing sessions and things can kind of get blocked up um, during that time. So yeah, there's one other, I wanted to share about uh, one other thing with moxibustion, which will probably Mm -hmm. get me into like a little bit of a moxibustion tangent, but if there's anything that you wanted to ask about acupuncture before I get into that. No, that's very interesting. Um, I mean, I love recommending, you know, to my clients going see an acupuncture. Um, When I was working in Canada in my practice, we had an acupuncturist and we were doing amazing work together, Uh, me as an osteopath and her as an acupuncturist. And the work that we were doing hand in hand on the same patient was fabulous like it's it really helps with um helping to lower inflammation as well which is you know something that is really present into the postpartum period so so important um and and uh yeah so and I wanted to rebound on something that you said because you talked about um, this experience that can be traumatic. And especially, you know, for our listeners that have had an emergency C section or that were planning a birth and it didn't go as planned, this is where we can revisit that as well with acupuncture, uh, for instance, to really try and decrease this whole anxiety that is taking over, you know, around this um, birth story and what the events that were going on so um yeah i feel like it's not uh, a discipline that we are talking too much uh, when we talk about postpartum care and i know this can do uh, fabulous things <laughs> for everyone and in other period as well of life so again just only encourage you to uh, go and seek an, an acupuncture everything was super clear holly so i think we can move on to the next part you wanted to share with us 
Okay. And actually I wanted to, um, one thing that I wanted to mention, because I kind of said, um, at the beginning that, uh, I know how hard it is for a mom after they have a new baby to go and seek treatment for things. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was born right as COVID was kind of in March of 2020, when it was kind of like really nothing was known about it and everything was shut down. But now that things are kind of, um, we have things kind of figured out of like how to manage it and things like that. I would definitely say that if you feel open to it, I mean, certainly if you could get somebody to come to your house and give you acupuncture, that would be awesome. Um, but if you were to go, you can also bring your baby. You could ask mm -hmm. uh, about that, the comfort level. I know as for myself, I am always fine for people to bring their children. And I did receive an acupuncture treatment. I don't remember exactly how old my daughter was, but she was just laying on my chest throughout the mm -hmm. treatment. So just sometimes as a mom, you have to be a little bit creative yeah. about getting the things in that you need, but just know that that's an option. I just wanted to, to share that. Absolutely. So it's not like, oh, well, it's too hard <laughs> to leave the house. So anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to share about that's it's sort of related to acupuncture, um, is using moxibustion. Mm -hmm. So you can, it's not just for the postpartum phase. You can use it for anything that any area that needs warming or more circulation. Um, but in the postpartum phase, it can be really lovely to do a practice, which is called mother warming. Um, so it basically warms the channels and collaterals that are open and more vulnerable after the birth. And so basically you will be, I mean, if you were receiving an acupuncture session, there's a variety of different types of moxa that we have, but if you were doing it specifically for yourself, there's a, they call it a moxa pull, which looks kind of like a, a really big cigar Mm -hmm. And it functions like an incense stick. So you basically light the end of it and then you kind of blow on it a little bit because it's really big. So just to make sure that it evenly burns all around it. And then you'll hold that over your lower abdomen. So it's basically from the pubic symphysis, which is like at the center of the front of your pelvis uh, to your belly button. And you're just warming across the whole area. And if you were to to do that, you would probably want to get more specific guidance from an acupuncturist. Um, or if you want to ask me about it, you can reach out to me. I'd be happy to share more information about it. But it's basically supposed to be a really comfortable, soothing sort of thing. It's not supposed to be burning at all. And then you just hold it over your lower abdomen. If you have a friend or a partner that could also help you do it on your lower back and sacrum, that's also a really lovely thing to do. And um, so you'll do it for 10 to 15 minutes or until the area gets where it feels warm or is a little bit pink. Um, and yeah, you can just kind of do that as often as you would like. Certainly if you had any symptoms um, that, you know, you felt like maybe it wasn't mm -hmm. doing so, wasn't working so well for you, you could certainly stop. But as long as the mother wants to incorporate that, it's a lovely practice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to share about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's easy because that's something that you can do at home for, for this. You don't necessarily need to go anywhere. And if it can bring more support and more relief. Yeah, great. 
and I mean, you can you can get them. So uh, what mock combustion is 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 mugwort, which is dried and rolled up into these different forms. So we have loose moxa that we can roll into balls or mm-hmm. cones, and you can use them with with ginger or salt um, on the navel, for example. And so those are all really lovely things that a lot of acupuncturists do. But the pole is really accessible for like you said, for women to do at home and it can be kind of like a bonding experience. Oh, and also I wanted to mention that it is pretty smoky. So Mm -hmm. you could maybe, depending on the time of year, do it outside or they do make smokeless ones, which kind of look like, like charcoal almost, Mm -hmm. but they're a little challenging to light. Um, I don't find them to be quite as effective, but Mm -hmm. that's an option if you were really sensitive to smoke, for example. Okay, interesting, interesting. And so something else I feel like we don't talk about at all in the postpartum recovery process are abdominal massages. And we we kind of touch on, you know, uterine massage for some women immediately after birth, but we don't really recommend women to look for this kind of massage afterwards. And so that is very odd to me who comes from another country and, and and as osteopaths, we work on the organs a lot and perform, you know, manipulations and what you would call massage on them. And this really helps with any kind of digestive disorders, but also to support our fertility, for instance, or painful periods. And, and most of all, after giving birth, this is an essential thing to do to just make sure that everything comes back into place, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but uh, just making sure that we are supporting the the uh, the structure here thus the function can be better that's really what osteopathy is and that's the the bottom line philosophy of it so can you tell us a bit more about the kind of abdominal massage you perform and how it can um, support our listeners recovery journey uh, postpartum yeah totally um, so yeah, there's different types of abdominal massage. The technique that I'm specifically trained in is called Arvigo abdominal massage. Um, and it was this woman, Rosita Arvigo, that studied with this man named Don Eligio and Belize. Mm-hmm. And she received his blessing to share this with um, people in America. So um, that's how I learned about it. It's a Mayan abdominal massage tradition. And uh, basically, it's similar to what you just said. It's we're trying to get the body back into its normal, natural, healthy function. So we're not trying to create anything. We're just trying to Mm -hmm. remove anything that would be maybe impeding that. Um, So just to start for the postpartum phase in particular, this massage has a lot of other applications as well. Like you mentioned, painful periods. It can help with fertility endometriosis, cysts, all sorts of things. Um, But to stick with the postpartum phase, um, you will wait, you will need to wait six weeks postpartum with a vaginal birth to receive this massage Mm -hmm. and three months postpartum if you've had a cesarean birth. So just to to throw that out there, that it isn't something that you do immediately, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really lovely to incorporate as soon as you can. Um, So ultimately, it's seeking to cultivate homeostasis or balance within the body and hemodynamics, which is promoting blood circulation in the entire abdomen and specifically in the pelvic 
region. Um, so yeah, as you alluded to, every, all of your organs shift in all sorts of ways during pregnancy to accommodate the growing baby, which is amazing. Um, but then you're, there's a lot of down and forward pressure placed on your uterus during pregnancy. And so things just kind of get torqued and twisted in, in interesting ways. And so just to kind of give you like a visual, your uterus weighs four to eight ounces normally. So it's, it doubles in size during your period, which is crazy mm-hmm. in and of itself. So it's four ounces, you know, sort of right after you finished your period. And then as much as eight while like right before you're about to bleed, and then it can be 30 pounds during pregnancy. So that's way more pressure than you're used to. And that's that down and forward pressure. So, I mean, bodies are amazing and they can go back to uh, function really well by themselves. So, but this is kind of just like a, a support for women to facilitate that in the most smooth, efficient way. So it's not like if you didn't get an abdominal massage six weeks after you had your baby, it's like pointless or anything like that. (laughs) It can, it's always a really lovely technique to incorporate at any time. Um, And so basically what it is, is a massage on the entire abdomen, the back of your pelvis, your lower back, sacrum and tailbone. And so the reason that there's so much work on the lower back, pelvis and tailbone and and the sacrum Mm -hmm. is because there's all sorts of uterine ligaments that attach back there. So we're basically trying to loosen anything that might be preventing the uterus to Mm -hmm. move from moving back into its optimal, most centralized position. And this is true of all of the organs in the the abdominal cavity, but it is very much focused on the uterus, um, especially in the the technique that I was trained in. So this can help in um, all of the, the ways that I mentioned before as acupuncture can help with too. Um, so it's basically reducing stagnation, helping to clear out the lochia, um, constipation, hemorrhoids, urinary incontinence. So yeah, it can help with all of those things. And so this is in a professional setting. So somebody like me does the abdominal massage on, on the, the belly and then also mm-hmm. on the lower back, as I mentioned. And then at the end of that session, I always teach women how to do a self-care massage, which is very similar to what I do on the front of the abdomen that they can then incorporate every single day if they want to, or whenever works in their schedule as often as possible. Um, And so that's a really amazing thing, especially for postpartum women that aren't able to get time for themselves so frequently that they can go in for one session. It could be once a month and then they can continue the work of the session outside of, yeah, outside of the session at home um, on their own time. And they can even do it with their baby around while their baby's nursing, whatever works. Um, Yeah. And then as part of our Vigo abdominal massage, which I won't get into too much, Uh, unless you want me to, but the other two parts are yoni or vaginal steaming and then castor oil packs also. And those basically just help to facilitate the work um, that you're doing anyways with the abdominal massage, um, but just kind of add an additional little boost, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, abdominal massage is really overlooked. I feel like there is really a gap here. And, and this is uh, the same thing. You go to the Cairo to, to get your adjustment. And same thing, that's something that we don't say enough to postpartum moms that getting adjusted after giving birth is so, 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 so important because there are so many micro movements happening during the birth itself, but also all the adaptations that were going on during pregnancy. And so you need to have this kind of readjustment to, to support your body's ability to heal by itself. I love that you say that because it's exactly what I say all the time, that our body has this amazing ability to, to, to heal by itself. But I feel like with the lifestyle that we have today, where we are always like, go, 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 rush, rush, rush. We don't take the time to rest. Um, I mean, the whole 40 days that we talk about postpartum, who is really taking that, right, in our society? Who is really, you know, staying at bed as much as they can to kind of recover? We don't because the, our society is not built that way. We can't. Uh, some women have to go to work, uh, back to work early. So we have to be realistic that our bodies can't really do that full work of recovery by themselves. They need a little support. That's why we have nutrition. That's why we have adjustment. That's why we have those massage that we talked about, acupuncture as well, reducing the inflammation and on and on and on and on. But just to, to for our listeners here, to, if there is one thing to take from this episode is that acupuncture and you know abdominal massage is another way that you can support your body really during that postpartum recovery time. And I will add, and you will tell me if that's true, I, I, I bet these massage, you can do them even though you are more than six weeks postpartum, let's say you are three, four, five months, you didn't know about that, you just discovered them, I bet it's never too late, right? Oh, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm... My daughter's almost two and I still do it to myself. It feels amazing. And yeah, outside of pregnancy there, I mean, there's a huge list of reasons that our uterus gets out of alignment mm -hmm. and only one of them is pregnancy. So it is, I mean, definitely more likely if you've had multiple pregnancies, especially really close together, if you had a really long, um, labor, especially long pushing phase, um, you know, that sort of thing, but also just like things like driving in the car, walking on pavement, uh, wearing high heels. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, but it basically like, like you're saying, our lifestyle has this tendency to sort of knock things out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And the first couple of times that I received the abdominal massage, I had not given birth before. Yeah. And I already um, had my, my uterus was a little bit uh, out of place yes. uh, and lower down than was ideal. And I noticed a big change in cramping after receiving the massage. No, it do, it definitely helps. Same thing with endometriosis or PCOS. Mm -hmm. That's uh, for huge help as well. Um, I mean, it's been two years. I, I wasn't able to go back to my home country and see my osteopath. <laughs> so it's been two years I didn't receive that kind of massage. And I was telling my husband the other day, I really need it. I feel like I need so much work to be done internally on my organs just to support all of that. That um, once you begin with that, you 
you really feel, you know, the, the benefit of it physically and, and you understand that you have to do that a little more frequently, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even in our culture, I mean, I don't know what it's like where you're from, but um, even if you go to get a massage, like a professional massage, they never touch your belly. You know, no. they massage you everywhere else except for your belly. It's like this weird... I don't know. I mean, I guess they're not trained in it. It, it is a more specific uh, training, but so much of the time women say to me, it feels so nice to have somebody support that area of my body and give it loving touch because it is such a missed Yeah, it area. is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's at the heart of everything. You know, your immunity is linked to your microbiome. Your microbiome is linked to your mental health. I mean, it is linked to so many things that not even talking about uterus and ovaries and, you know, all that, but just like taking care of your gut, just being able to have that massage, it helps with the function as well. So as you say, it's just a missed opportunity, I feel. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so let's finish this episode by talking about periods returning because that's a huge topic in the postpartum time. Um, and so for some women, this can look very different from their periods before getting pregnant. So how can one support their hormonal health and therefore avoid any huge PMS symptoms or cramping or huge flow, all the great stuff that we can sometimes experience <laughs> when there is an hormonal imbalance. Can you tell us about that? Totally. Um, yeah, so there's a ton of variability on when women get their cycle back. And it does depend on breastfeeding. If you're someone that's mm -hmm. nursing on demand, uh, then you maybe would have your period not come back as quickly mm -hmm. as somebody that decided not to breastfeed or couldn't breastfeed for whatever reason. Um, and so that is kind of goes back to what I was saying before in the Chinese medicine perspective, the blood and milk have the same source. So if there's a lot of milk production, then that kind of delays the you know menstruation essentially. So, and there are women that are exclusively breastfeeding all the time and still get their period back at three months. So it's yeah. kind of de really depends on the woman. Um, and I have heard that some women will ha have had their cycles, you know, they were always painful, always had a lot of cramps and PMS. Then they have a child and never have any issues mm -hmm. again, which is awesome when that happens. And then other women have the other story that they never really had much cramping. And then after they give mm -hmm. birth to, to one or multiple children, then they end up having a lot of pain or PMS symptoms. And so what I take from that is that childbirth, because there is this like down and out sort of circulation that that can help to clear things out that might've been lingering. And if, if that woman that had painful periods and then doesn't takes really good care of herself and lets her lochia just like completely clear efficiently, then that's a big part of why she then enjoys mm -hmm. not so painful periods from mm -hmm. then on. And then the opposite is true of the woman that didn't have cramps before and then does after giving birth. It's not to like blame or shame anybody. It's if you, have had that experience, then that's just an indication that there's stagnation and stuckness there. Mm -hmm. And that can be cleared at any time. It doesn't mean, 
oh, well, you missed your window because you didn't get receive these treatments right away. Mm -hmm. If the stagnation is there, we can clear it with all of these techniques that I'm talking about. Um, the longer that it lingers there, the more time that you'll have to give it potentially, um, and the more vigorous you maybe have to be with um, your clearing process. Um, so yeah, clearing out that lochia is really important. Rest, getting really good nutrition in the postpartum phase is really important. Um, and then yeah, with PMS in particular, it is helpful for if a woman's cycle has returned for them to really give themselves the ritual of having some time to themselves. I know how hard this, I mean, I really, I totally get it. I know it's hard, but anything that you can do to take time and rest, getting some help from people around you, whether it's your partner, your family, your friends, um, whatever that looks like, taking time for yourself during the bleeding phase to really just let everything clear out. That's the most important thing. If there's, there's pain and then PMS also, it is sort of this, like, that's what your body wants to do when you're bleeding and in the postpartum phase there, anytime you have a period, it's kind of like a little mini postpartum, you know, mm -hmm. it is this sort of like clearing more inward time where the what your body wants to do is rest, eat yeah. nourishing foods, be warm and cozy and not have a lot on your plate. And our culture doesn't really facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And so that is a lot of what ultimately ends up creating PMS is that women are like, I just want, I want to rest, you know, mm -hmm. my, my body wants to rest. And they might not even be aware of that specifically mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to identify that but it is this physiological process that's happening that we're trying to kind of like fight against um yeah. and then related sense. to heavy bleeding um that is usually related to one of two things in chinese medicine and that is sort of like heat which you could kind of relate to inflammation mm -hmm. loosely um, or chi deficiency, which basically, so this is just to kind of illustrate that one woman having a heavy period, or even if it's like mid cycle bleeding or kind of just like bleeding all this, all the time, or having this trickling all the time, which can sometimes happen postpartum. Um, it's really important to be specific about the cause of it rather than just trying to like stop it up. You know, if it's coming from a cheat efficiency, it's really important to build yourself back up so that then, so I don't want to get too like Chinese medicine terminology, <laughs> but ultimately your body needs support in holding that blood in. And that would be different from if somebody has a lot of heat that's causing them to bleed a lot, then you need to clear that heat. So mm -hmm. that's where... Chinese medicine is really beautiful that it can identify the difference between those things. And probably there's other holistic medicines that it's that way too, that you're looking to the root of what's causing the imbalance rather than just being like, Oh, well, you're bleeding. We got to stop that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and there is a certain time like with hemorrhage, for example, that yes, mm -hmm. in order to save a life, yeah. stop the bleeding immediately, then kind of figure out uh, what's underneath from there. So, Absolutely. Yeah.
but that's what that's what I love with uh, Chinese medicine as well. I, I studied a tiny bit, just an introduction, just after my osteopathic degree. And um, yeah, I loved it there. I mean, those two disciplines really work hand in hand in, in, in the sense that they go to the root cause of, of things. And, you know, Ayurveda is the same and mm-hmm. other practices are, are the same. And, and that's why I like all those practices because they work together. They have the same kind of philosophy and they are so holistic and they can build on each other. They are so complementary to, to each other as well that um, it, is, um, it is very a nice support for who, you know, who's ever journeyed. It, it doesn't have to recover to discover these disciplines. You can just like, you know, in your own health journey to support your health, your energy, uh, you know, fighting back pain, you know, simple things that, as that, that can help. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for sharing, uh, you know, so many things today in that episode. So if our listeners want to connect with you, how can they connect with you? and Where can they find you online? Yeah. So um, there's a ton of information on my website, which is rosebudwellness.com. I do also have a shop where I sell some herb blends. Uh, they're for yoni steaming, which we didn't really talk much about, but um, there is some more information about that mm-hmm. on there if you want to read about it. Um, that's rosebudwellness.com slash shop. Uh, you can also find me on my podcast, the Womb Wisdom Podcast, and you can find that anywhere that you get your podcast from. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram at rosebud underscore wellness. And those are the kind of places where I'm most active. Perfect. And I will add the link to the show notes. So go to the show notes to connect with Holly. Thank you so much, Holly, for coming to the show today and sharing all your wisdom and so, so, so many information and so many details about how acupuncture and Eastern medicine in general can help support one's postpartum recovery journey. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And that's the end of our episode with Holly. I absolutely loved recording this episode with her and get her look on postpartum recovery as an acupuncturist and herbalist. I hope this episode convinced you to look for an acupuncturist in your area to help with your postpartum recovery. Check out the links in the show notes to see how you can connect with Holly and know more about her work. Before we wrap up this episode, if you are currently in the middle of your postpartum recovery journey and struggle with diastasis recti, peeing your pants when you sneeze or cough, plateauing in your weight loss journey, or simply don't know where to start to support your body's recovery and finally feel like yourself again, you can go ahead and download my free postpartum recovery guide. You will find the link in the show notes to do so. It will give you more insights into what's happening with your body right now and I'm also sharing five simple exercises with videos to get you started. If you loved today's episode, please share it with a friend. Postpartum recovery calls for a lot of adjustments and sometimes we are simply missing the tools that will make us feel better just because we never heard about it, so shy away. All you have to do is go to the app or podcast listening platform you're currently using, click on the share button icon and send it on over. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do so. And this helps me support other moms just like you to take back control of their health and body and embrace 
This new chapter of their life with confidence. Remember that for even more support, more free tips, trainings, recovery exercises, and nutrition advice, you can also join my free Facebook group, Natural Diastasis Recti and Postpartum Healing, the Bonjour Baby Club. Find the link to do so in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening in today, and I will see you next week, same time, same place, my friend. Until next time.